Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. We salute you. What is popping, y'all? Welcome back to the Sell Better Daily Sales Show. You guys know, woo-saw. I give you 30 seconds, 45 seconds or so. Come into the room, calm down, get your thinking cap on, right? That is what we're here to do is learn. But today we're learning about something a little bit different than the norm. We've got an abnormal show for you today, some special guests to come and share some insights with you. We'll go ahead and launch this question right here for who is in the room. This is kind of how we tailor the conversation to the folks that are in here. I'm really hoping to see a specific persona in the room. So please take part in this because there's special people that I'm looking for to be. I already see senior leadership creeping up. Uh, let's go. That is exactly the people that I'm hoping to see here because what we are here to talk about is kind of something that you should be paying attention to if you're a leader in the space, and that is service to sales. So uh, there's a lot of things going on right now in the sales space about how to break into sales, but a specific persona is out there to the tune of like 250,000 people a year, and that is our military services. So the guest that we have for you today is David Hester, co-founder and CEO of Service to Software. And of course, my main man, John Barrows, is here. Uh, and we're going to talk about our relationship and what we are doing together here in a couple of minutes. But let's welcome two very special guests. I want to give you guys two very real military veterans. Please welcome to the show, Britton Long and Will Gonzalez. These are actual veterans that have served in our military and have now transitioned into the sales role. We're going to hear their insights talk about the things that have been working for them, talk about the training that they received. So please give them a big round of applause, a big thank you for their service. We could not be where we are as a country without people like them. Before we kick things off, go ahead and scan this QR code. Check us out at sellbetter.xyz. And while you're there, pop over to the YouTube channel and hit subscribe. That's where you're going to get all kinds of goodies, highlights, things like that. And uh, yeah, big thanks to our partners. I can't do this without talking about JB Sales. I cut my teeth right there. Shout out to my main man. Vidyard. I've been a Vidyard user since 2015. Win.ai is changing salespeople's lives. And our longtime partner, ZoomInfo, the best data in the business, is branching out to give you a chance to get a sample lead list. You want to get this link? I just dropped it in the chat. Shout out to Maria dropping that link. Go get you a sample lead list. It's Q4O. It's do or die time. If you haven't made quota yet, this list could make or break you at this moment. So go get it. Get the right people inside your pipeline. Let's talk about what you're going to get today. Today, you're going to talk about sales career as a game changer. Uh, let me get a one in the chat if you have military experience, a two in the chat if you don't have military experience, and a three in the chat if you're just trying to break into sales. Tell me how to break into sales, right? <laughs> you have multiple numbers if you need multiple numbers. We're going to talk about success stories from firsthand experience, people that have been through this, and some top tips that you need to succeed as you transition into sales. John, let's take a look at who's in the room together here before we talk about this. Yes. Shout out to the senior leaders in the room, SDRs, AEs. Love it. Love it. All right. Let's compare. Let's compare and contrast apples and oranges or apples and apples. I mean, you could still eat them. What is, what is some similarities between military and sales characteristics that you've seen that as you've worked with services software? Yeah. I mean, I, I look, I, my mom has started um, Veterans in the Arts program and I've been connected to the military for a while. I haven't personally been in the military or direct family members, but always respected and appreciated it. And I think the thing with this is the military teaches, I, it seemed from my experience and, and talking to a lot of people as well, they teach a lot of the characteristics that most companies skip over, quite frankly. 
and and need desperately, right? I mean, James, you got some experience here with your your kid, right? I mean, discipline is one of those things where as a as a hiring manager, that's a hard thing to teach discipline, right? Like it's like, wait, I got to teach you all about the skills. I got to teach you all about the product. I got to teach you how to sell. And I got to teach you how to show up every fucking day. Yeah. I teach you how to take pride in your work. I got to teach you how to dress. I got to teach you how to follow process. Like what the, f- like that. And that is something that most th- managers don't have the time to figure out or, or train on. Right. And so I think a lot of these characteristics that I see in military veterans are the ones that I would love to have a starting point to work from because you can teach skill, you can teach, you know, you can teach product knowledge, you can teach process, you can't teach drive, you can't teach discipline, you can't teach work ethic, and I and and military comes with spades on that. And I, and the last thing I'll say is also, you know, a lot of people who get into sales, they get out really really fast because it's quote unquote scary, right? Because you get in and, oh my God, I'm making cold calls and I'm getting hung up on when this isn't for me. I don't like taking rejection. Well, juxtapose that to, I don't know, sitting in the fields, getting shot at and praying to God that you're going to go home to your fucking wife and kids. <laughs> it's just a little bit different. There's some perspective right there. I, I and, you know, think. It seems to me that the stress of making a fucking cold call and will you know Britain back me up here because I'm not an experienced one as a, but I'm guessing the stress of a cold call is a little less than the stress in going into the field and uh, battling fucking the enemy is a little bit or right no a hundred percent just slightly different than you know getting shot at or you know being blown up it's a little bit different <laughs> so so that that fear right there which most sales reps have a hard time that's why most like three out of four people that get into sales every single year get out because. They, they get scared, basically. They come in and they realize, oh my God, they don't have a ton of resources. And the last the last thing I'll say is is the figure it out factor. That's another one that I think is just absolutely, you know, a lot of the what I'm seeing right now and a lot of the kids coming out of school right now, they don't have the figure it out factor. They have to be told exactly what to do and, they, and they'll do exactly what you want them to do. They'll follow the script. They'll send the template. But when it gets to a point where they have to figure it out and the, the quote unquote shit hits the fan, they don't know how to do it. And military, you don't have the luxury of not being able to figure it out when the shit hits the fan. So That's true. You're not afforded that. Um, David, I want to talk about the attributes on the screen, and I want you to talk about your program and how it reinforces some of these attributes. And for the folks in the room, let's engage the audience here. What would you add to this list? If you're one of those people that are looking at military minds for your sales team, what else do they need to have that comes with that? David, take it away, buddy. Yeah, James, thanks so much, man. Hey, and thank you for the introduction. I appreciate it. But um, yeah, you know, we run a program that really bridges the gap between, you know, helping companies access military veterans, specifically those coming directly from the military. And this, these are the, I talk to CROs, VP of sales weekly, daily, and, and these are like the top four that come to mind, right? But, you know, when we look at the veteran side, the veteran is thinking, oh, well, I have to, you know, and, and this is a big thing right now that while we're trying to access service members is like, I have to lead with something outside of this in order for me to be relevant. Yeah. And what we're trying to show is that, hey, look, you have the things that the everybody wants, the CRO wants, right? The, the the you know, John touched on it, like the figure it out. The, and the word for that is autodidactic, right? Um, we, we, in slang, we use it in our, in our ethos inside service to software. It's like 
picking up the broom and sweeping. When there's nothing else to do, you have that ability to pick up the broom and sweep. And these are the attributes that sales leaders are looking for. And for the veterans out there, because I, I see a bunch of names inside the chat here um, that that are, are veterans. Look, you you don't have to lead with certifications. Lead with what you have and start to re-harness those attributes into something new, into this, into this career in sales. And you're going to be super successful instead of trying to lead with a certification or something like that. Um, because that's just, a, you know, large consensus. That's not what I'm seeing a lot of sales leaders are looking for right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a different kind of search. I want to talk to uh, Will and Brittany here for just a minute. Let us know where you're tuning in from in the chat, if you don't mind, guys. We're not talking about just the U.S. military here. Some folks have served overseas and other other folks coming here. Where are you tuning in from? We need to know that. Uh, I'd like to know. Greendale, shout out to you. I see you. Uh, Will, Britton, give everyone a few words on your transition from the military into sales. I'll start with Britton this time around. Yeah, so I think everybody's main question getting out of the military is, what am I going to do, right? And that that was my question. And as I was doing my research, I was given I was given some resources by the military, and I found Davis Hester's Services Software Program. So I looked into it. I did some research, and I realized, wow, sales is like a big thing that can make a lot of people a lot of money that you know people don't really know about. It's 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 an easy thing to tap into if you have the right connections and if you have the people around you that can help you. Um, learn the things that you need to learn. And that's what uh, Services Software did for me. It um it gave me those connections and it opened those doors for me to learn and to hone in my skills that I was given by the military to focus that into a different area of work like sales. Um, connecting us with John Barros and his training, that helped us a lot, right? It, um, it gave me the confidence that I needed to hop on those cold calls and be able to onboard these these different companies that I'm trying to partner up with my company that I'm working for, Safe Ride Health. So I mean, that's that's my piece to it. Nice. Will, thoughts on your transition? What stands out to you as something where you came out and you didn't even realize this skill that you had was going to transfer nicely, but it, it came in handy? Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, shout out to Services Software, JB Sales, and Table Needs, who I'm currently uh, interning with. And uh, I think the way that um, David described it initially, he's that bridging the gap. That's a hundred percent what service to software does. If you if if you've never had any experience in sales, which I had not, is like that's one of the things that he literally does a great job during the coaching and mentoring phase. Is like I had I would never in the in my you know wildest dreams sit down and jot things that I'm actually good at that you know that he brought to light and actually you know let me know hey brother, there's people, CEOs that are out there looking for this exact things that you said you had. I was like, yeah, I'd never really just jotted those things down. So hundred percent, he bridges the gap. And then JB sales, just like I said, I had no sales experience whatsoever. So he kind of just teaches you the the lingo, the kind of like, you know, like I didn't, I never knew what a cold call was, you know? So he just teaches you like everything that you should, you know, kind of start to feel comfortable with just to get your feet wet. Yo, how many cold calls do you make a day now? Uh, minimum like 80. Ugh, monsters out here, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
David, you said these guys like tripled the number of meetings booked for, you know, like their first week they were in the company. So like that's amazing. He said about it. Yeah. That's that that's that grit that comes out of the military. David, you your program is designed to exploit these skills. And I think that's why these folks are relatively successful when they come out and go into this without any experience. But you said something to me that caught my attention. Guys, this number is bananas. Two percent of the 250,000 people leaving the military every year are ending up in technology careers. This is insane to me. Uh, so talk to me about why this is. What What is it about sales that the military just doesn't gravitate towards, David? Yeah, yeah. And this this stat may be, I mean, it's, it's from 2019, but I think it kind of gives you an idea of like, yeah, maybe it's grown a little bit since then. But if you look, that's technology. That's yeah. not even accounting for just business type roles. Sales in general. Yeah, and in in I'm sure there's going to be some data on that. Um, actually, I think LinkedIn's putting together some data right now on some of this stuff. But you know, looking at what's happening in the service, and and I had to really take a step back and look at this. Like nobody in the military is making the military any money. Well, actually, there probably are a few people that are doing some stuff. I, I've come across recently that made me like change my thoughts on that. But for large part, nobody's in the in the military is making the military money. They're not. They're not calling anything sales in the military. And mm. so I think just that perception and looking at sales and, and talking about your money and making money, is it's almost like a taboo thing, right? And so the first thing you're thinking about when you're leaving the military is normally what's happening internal, like who's telling you what to do, like normally, you know, the the traditional pathways that people are taking. And one of those just not included is sales, because I think there's a misassociation with that term uh, in, in the military, because yeah. I think Britton and Will both came to me and they were like, well, you know, when I thought of sales, first, last thing I thought of was the person who sold me a car, you know, like they weren't thinking about full time, you know, roles inside, you know, fast growing technology companies. They were looking at more like the 100% commission side. And so we're trying to change the narrative there a little bit. I can appreciate that. I think we get stuck yeah. on I think we get stuck on two definitions of salespeople and it's that sleazy car salesman person or the retail salesperson. So John, tell me a little bit about what you're doing with service to software. Why is this so important to us? Yeah, I mean, I think like I said, I early on realized that that the the sales community needs better <laughs> people to come into this profession because of the perception. I mean, if we, again, the, the, the perception is used car sales and the perception is Glenn, Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross. And, and I think we need to break that perception because we all know, you know, the people who do sales, right. It's not about, you know, stuffing something down somebody's throat or trying to convince somebody of anything. It's about helping people solve problems or achieve, or achieve goals. And, and I think that, you know, the, the, the working with uh, the military veterans has, not only been something that I think is rewarding just in general, but is also, I think, helping elevate the profession, which un which ultimately is my why. Somebody actually, Paul, had a great comment in the chat that said, that's a naturally tendency to operate with a mission-focused mindset. And I couldn't agree with that more as far as like, you know, if you want to be successful in anything, I think you need to know your why, you need to have a vision for what you want to do. And I think any organization that paints that vision and your values align, you can do some special things together here. And so you map out all the characteristics you give a little bit of training. Like I said, you could teach skill, you could teach technique, you can teach that. And that's what our training does, right? It, it kind of gives that foundational, but also some elevated stuff on how to evolve and become agile. And and really, you know, you just give a little nudge uh, to some people with some passion, you can do some special things together. So that's what we're doing here. 
Great stuff, man. I want to encourage everybody to get your questions in, whether it's for the vets that are in the room or for David or John, get your questions in the Q&A section. We're going to leave some time at the end to answer as many as you can. Uh, David, you said something to me also that caught my attention. You said, life is getting harder to reach people and find mentors that can help these folks find success. Your candidates are dealing with this, David, every day, right? Why do you think this is the case? Why do you feel like the mentorship is getting tougher to nail down? Yeah. I mean, look at the world we live in. I mean, Scott Leese was on here last week or a week or two ago talking about AI. And I think um, there's a fatigue amongst sales leaders, you know, just general C-suite people getting hammered with messages. And so mm. the veteran, you know, we we want our our team, we 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 lead with the, the saying opportunities come from people, right? And it's it's about who you know, and more importantly, who knows you. Well, in order for that to ring true, like you, there has to be an, an, and John talks about this all the time, an incredibly authentic touch point out there. But mm. now you're up against AI and up against all this other stuff that's very non-authentic. And so veterans are having a harder time because, you know, a lot of them aren't, aren't you know, coming out of military, probably super privy on tech stacks and like what that looks like and what's happening in this space. Because I tell people all the time they come in our program, like, how you wrote emails in January 2023 is totally different than what it looks like today. And so because of that, you're going to have a harder time reaching the people that that can actually be a mentor and help impact you during your your military transition. So, yeah, those are some things that we we we're definitely teaching and touching on and trying to stay up to up to date on with um, you know, obviously our veterans and and the candidates that are actually in our programs. Yep. Will, Britton, curious, when you came out of the military, uh, I don't know if you went directly into service to software or if you found it after a stint of time, but did you have a difficult time finding resources to be able to help you with what's next? Yeah, no, there's uh, the, the Army, the actual Department of Defense tries to do a good job, but honestly, it's like uh, David said, if you don't know somebody that knows somebody, and because I was not going to go into it, but you know, I just happened to walk into the to the actual transition office and they're like hey yeah check out this program i was like oh i could do this remote i could go to you know do this out of my home that's you know that is legit because it'll help me out it'll help me out with my my family i could still you know run the kids to school and everything like that so like that just automatically just you know got ingrained in my head i could help out my family and i could learn a new trade that you know could in the future provide so that definitely helped out you got to know somebody that knows somebody. I like that. That's a good segue into this question right here. Do y'all know somebody that's former military that would be great at sales? We all hear that from people in our lives. Britton, talk to me about your mentorship and how you found service to software. What was that like for you? Yeah, so I mean, pretty similar situation to Mr. Will over here. The Army has these programs called Skills Bridges or Career Skills Programs. And there are different types of courses that will help you as you transition out of the out of the military into the civilian life. So that's how I found services software is it was one of the ones that was listed and I just did my research on it. And I said, I thought this looks like a really good, cause I wanted to get into something, um, more technology based or something different than what I was doing in the army. And I saw services software, I got in contact with David and he got me into the program. Nice. Uh, John. You have a very specific opinion on mentorship. And I remember you saying this to me many years ago. Uh, and maybe it wasn't me you said it to. You might have said it on the show, but you said mentors tend to find the mentees, not the other way around. Yeah. 
I mean, look, mentorship is an interesting thing, right? Because a lot of people look at it as, oh, I want a mentor. And if that's a dangerous path, right? To select a mentor, because that mentor might not be the best person to holistically help you to get to where you want to go. They might be good in an area. So you look at mentors in specific components, right? Like this person's really good at this, so I want to learn from them. But a lot of time, once you get to a certain point in your career, one of the, one of the most, I mean, for me, the uh, more than half the reason I do what I do is to transfer this knowledge and all these mistakes that I've made for the past 27 years of my career to somebody else so that they don't have to make as many, right? And I'm not saying that I want to give anybody the silver bullet because I don't agree with that in any way, shape, or form, but I want to give them the tools so that they, like I said, don't have to make as many mistakes. And so when you do reach a certain point in your career, I remember, you know, when I was, when I got, uh, when I got fired from Staples, right? And I was, I don't know, 30 years old, maybe give or take. And, and the guy who fired me, the guy who ran this huge part, like $12 billion part of the organization, I, I kind of after I got fired, right, or offered another position, whatever, um, I went back to him and I said, hey, you know, for my own personal and professional development, would you be open to giving me some feedback on what happened? And when I tell you, he was like, when I showed up at his office, I mean, I was scared, right? He was like, John Barrow, get in here. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. And he goes, let me tell you something. One of my favorite things to do is mentor young leaders. And by you, simply by you coming and asking for feedback based on what happened to you, that tells me more about you as a person than I learned about you in the past year of working with you. He's like, you have, he's like, this is my favorite thing to do. So come on in here. You have an hour of my time, ask any question that you want. And so I think with mentorship, you look for, you want to be specific with your mentor upstream, but there are plenty of those people that are willing to help once they get to a certain part of their career. And quite frankly, if they're not willing to help at that part of their career, then because you know what I mean? It is, it is one of those things where you need to share that knowledge. So, yeah. you know, but look, but, but don't just, for anybody looking for mentorship, just a sidebar here, please don't pick a mentor and be like, so just tell me how to got to where you are in your career today. Don't be lazy with what you're asking for a mentor. Come with a plan. This is what I need help with. Could you make rec recommendations for this? I'm trying to learn this, whatever. And then you will get somebody to open up, but don't let it be like an open book. Be specific yeah. with what you're asking for help for. I love that piece of advice, John. Uh, for anybody out there looking for mentorship, let me know. Yes or no? Have you ever looked for a mentor before? Let us know in the chat. I see a question there, Paul. That's a great question. Throw it in the Q&A. Uh, Britt and Will, let's get back to you for a minute because there's a piece here that I want to touch on that I think a lot of leaders are hesitant about, and it's the adoption piece. There's a lot of thought that it's quite a challenge to adopt technologies if you're not a technologically savvy individual. And a lot of military folks don't get a lot of tech experience. So there's that daunting thought in leaders' brains that maybe military might have a problem there, and I don't want to have that heavy lift. How was the adoption for technology for you? Let's start with Will this time. Um, yeah, like I said, the um, the actual groundwork was laid on by services software and JB Sales. Like they literally they they do a great job at you know breaking everything down to the lowest common denominator, the best you know kind of representation that I give is I went to a school one time in the, in the military and they taught me how to basically talk to F-35s and, you know, other, you know, airplanes and basically help guide them to, you know, directly drop bombs at a specific spot. And I knew nothing about that. And I was in the classroom with other like actual pilots that had been doing this for, you know, five, six years. I'm like, dude, I have no idea how to do this. But the instructor did that exact same thing that services software and JB sales did brought that every brought everybody down to the lowest common denominator and then once you once you can get into one of those programs you know i i encourage everybody 
you know, even if you are already experienced in that, if you could reach out to those and kind of just, hey, what are you actually putting out to these guys? That way it kind of lets you know where they're at, you know. But uh, yeah, credit to those guys for sure. Definitely. Britton, talk to me about adoption. It looks like over half of you know somebody that's former military that would be great at sales. I'd encourage you to connect them to service to software. There's a link in the chat from David. Uh, go ahead, Britton. Yeah, I mean, I was in a pretty similar situation as Mr. Will. I didn't know too much about the technology world, but I knew I wanted to break into it. I, I wanted to expand my knowledge on the things that I knew. And services software definitely provided us with the resources that we needed to do that. We we received a lot of Salesforce training, which is something that I use a lot in, um, in my job right now. I do a lot of account creation in Salesforce and I, you know, upload things in Salesforce and I learned a lot of that through services software. So if you don't know much about technology, the sales, um, the sales job role is definitely something that you can easily pick up if you put your mind to it. I feel like it's a daunting thing at first if you have no experience, just like anything else that's a new adventure in your life. But with time, consistency, training, and skill building, it starts to become second nature, much like basic training, AIT training, which my stepson has just gone through. I've seen this change firsthand. Uh, David and John, I know that you guys see sellers learn new sales skills, new technology, new stuff constantly. Heck, we promote constant pieces of technology on this show every single day. What do you have to say to these leaders that are looking for their next cohort of sales hires before we move to Q&A? John. Look, <laughs> it goes back to the, what we started with. It's the intangibles. You know, like just look for people with drive, look for people with passion, look for people with coachability. Because the technology is going to, you know, support a lot of different things, right? And it's going to change and do quite a bit. I mean, there's a lot of, quite frankly, I think we're in a, a full transition here as far as the profession of sales in general, with AI taking over a large portion of what the traditional, especially SaaS tech sales rep has been doing. And so if you're not adaptable, if you are not, you don't have the ability to change, adapt, learn new things and, and go, I mean, you're, you're hiring dinosaurs if that's the case. So stop hiring cogs in a wheel that what we've had for the past 10 years, which is, oh, we've hired somebody, put, plug them into this role, hit your 80 dials, hit your 100 dials, go, 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 60% button seat's better than a 0% button seat, you know, who cares? No, 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 no. Now it matters. Now it really matters more than yeah. ever. And integrity matters. You know, you, you want people who are going to pop in and out of your job for the night, you know, I mean, the average SDR, I think, stays in their role like 14 months at this point. I'm sorry, not even stays in their job, stays at their company. Right. 14 months. Right. So you want people, if you paint a good vision for a veteran and you get them bought into that vision, I'm guessing that their average tenure for your organization is going to be a hell of a lot longer than the average SDR that's just looking for the quickest buck and is going to get paid a little bit more to sit in the front of this computer screen than that computer screen. Nobody wants to hire people that are going to churn and burn. David, talk to me about the leaders in the room that are looking to hire salespeople. Where do they go? What do they look at? Yeah. Yeah. So to echo John's point, 14 months, right? Um, most, if you're anything like me, I, I I think we moved like eight times in nine years. Will's probably got me beat, right? I would say for large part, the veteran community is coming from, you know, most of the organizations inside the military are probably operating with like 20 people, right? At, at, at the largest scale, right? Now, sure, yeah, you're, you have higher commands and whatnot, but the 
for a lot of our service members, they're used to operating in 20 plus team, right? Maybe 20 minus team, right? So like that's a really good sweet spot and they want longevity. They're tired of moving, right? They want to to work inside a company where they can use all of their skill sets and, and to y'all's point, like they're just not a, another cog on the wheel. And so our program offers um, direct access through an actual DOD program. We're partnered with the Department of Defense on this to give uh, companies access to service members during their last five months as as a grooming and ramping and onboarding trial piece so that you get five months right right out of the gate with service members um, that that can walk in and be super successful through this internship program that we host. And um, yeah, it's it's been pretty incredible, man. We have a 97% employment rate through this program, uh, which hats off to John and, and James. You guys like have been a huge piece of that just because of your contributions to our program and the training that you guys provide to our service members. But, you know, we find people like Will and Britton that are out there that, you know, maybe don't have, you know, 500 plus connections on LinkedIn. And, and that's just not something inside the, you know, the veteran community that's, that's really pushed. It's not a cultural thing. And so- we go find them for companies and, and bridge that gap. Incredible service, incredible humans. We are going to drop John. We are going to drop David. We're going to drop Britton and Will's LinkedIn in the chat for you right now. I want to thank our expert panel for coming and sharing their wisdom with us today. John and David, thank you so much for being here. And Britton and Will, first of all, thank you for your service. Thank you for what you do for this country. Uh, I want to say thank you for sharing your time with everybody that's come. You can learn from these gentlemen. They have gone through this transition successfully. They have found success that works for them. You can do things just like them. If you've come out of the military, speak to David. He's a great resource. John, final thought. You got about 30 seconds. Let's send everyone away floating, huh, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wake up. Stop <laughs> Stop posting. Stop posting on all the standard places to go look for jobs. Everybody's looking for jobs in the same places and you're getting the same shitty resumes from the same shitty people. Go out there and look at resources like this if you're looking for people who are actually going to make a difference within your organization. Amazing. Follow us on social media. We've never met strangers, just friends we haven't met yet and folks we want to help. I love to connect with everybody at Say What Sales. I'm on every social media platform known to man and we will see you next time for another stellar guest to help you sell better. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, everybody. See y'all. Thanks, everybody.